This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you. Yeah, you heard that, you. Through your... I said it differently, Maureen, and I lost I, the flow. Yeah, you did. You just kind of got... I got, I got caught. I'm like, what do we say? Through your support of our Patreon, that's what we say, at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where most every Sunday you get a whole nother episode of this very podcast. You get me and Maureen all over again if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level. That $10 a month level also gets you a sticker in the mail every month because you become a member of the Says Who Sticker Club. They are great. You should join patreon.com slash says who. Books. Books. It's a big book hot summer, Dan. Book summer. And a week from today, the paperback of the Box of the Woods is out. Oh, really? Yeah, and actually, it is out in the wild now. I saw it when I did an event this last weekend. Some, some store, one store put it out, uh, which is fun. It's not like it's not like embargoed or anything. So yeah. um, I signed a whole, if you're anywhere near the Christiana Mall in Delaware, they have a whole Stevie Who Bell display. Really? I mean, it's the home of tax-free shopping. Boom. They had a whole Stevie Bell display table with a map wow. and everything. And there's all the books there. And they're all signed. And they have the paperback of the box in the woods. So if you want some Stevie Bell that's signed, and then you want to go directly to the Cheesecake Factory. Who would? Or, or do some tax-free summer shopping. All of there it. There at the Christiana Barnes & Noble. You've got a whole plan. If you can't make it to Delaware... Because maybe it's too far away, or you don't think it actually exists, or mm-hmm. something like that. You can also buy books on the internet by going to kickbezosintheballs.org, which will bring you right over to the Says Who bookshop, where we have quick links to all of Maureen's books. We have quick links to books we've mentioned on the podcast. You know, quick winks, quick winks, quick are winks. You, are you okay, Dan? Uh, I think so. Mm. Uh, we even have quick links. It's hard to say. That's a hard word to say. I don't think to, you will. Uh, to some of my books. That is at kickbezosintheballs.org. While you're shopping on the internet, why don't you mosey on over to merch.saysupodcast.com. Get your summer started right with all sorts of t-shirts, even a pair of shorts. Why not a fanny pack? It's all good. Your summer is better with merch.saysupodcast.com. Hello? Uh, hello, uh, is this is this my phone? Yes, uh, I'd like to speak to uh, Rudolph Giuliani, please. Uh, Mr. Giuliani. This is the rooster on the phone. Uh, this is the uh, ja- this is the January sixth committee. It's not. It's June June fifteenth. Uh, but but Mr. Giuliani, we're called. Remember the hearing. Fifteenth committee. Uh, that'll do. You remember us from the from the trial and the hearing. Been hearing about a lot of stuff. Yeah, it's Been about. Been hearing you saying some things about me that aren't yeah. true. Mm-hmm. That's what Been, we're calling about. Been hearing you say that I just having a little drinky wicky. On the election night, but it's not the case. Well, wasn't uh, it night? Wasn't what? Well, guess what? Uh, we can. Uh, we need to check if you're drunk now. That's not. How are you gonna do that? We have a breathalyzer on your phone. On the phone? 
Uh-huh. I didn't know that you could do that. Oh, it's you're... gonna be. Just we can gonna, see. Just gonna bleed the fifth. We can see that you've been drinking. I'm, just, I'm gonna. I mean, I think they probably didn't need some kind of fancy phone to figure that one out. Do you have your pants on right now? This is a day that ends in Y. Of course not. Okay. Well, guess what? Gonna be little, just letting things be cool as a heat wave, didn't you hear? We've decided that we're gonna let you, we're gonna let you go free. You're gonna, but uh, you get no trouble. What? All you gotta it's do gonna, now uh-huh. is, is run outside with no pants I mean, on. That's, uh, I was gonna do that anyway. Uh, okay, just do it right now. Just go there. Shake, shake. It's me, Steve. What? You working for the committee now? Uh uh. <laughs> Bye, Rudy. Dude, why is it always so funny? It's only funny to you. Says who? The podcast that isn't a podcast. It's a a coping strategy. It's a a coping strategy. It's a coping strategy. I'm a Mario. And I'm a Maureen Johnson. I'm your friend. Hey. How are you, Maureen? Tired. Do you hear my furnace? I apologize if you can hear our furnace going. It is fucking hot outside so why is your furnace going well because it's the hvac as they uh, call it so the air conditioner is running and uh it's right next to where i record there used to be a time where i would turn that kind of thing off but that's not happening today because it will be our whole house will have burned down you're standing the ac you're standing. standing i am doing a lot better uh last night was the first night that i slept without a heating pad uh, I I was basically immobile when we last recorded last Tuesday. I recorded laying down. My back was so gone. It took. I went the next day. I took your advice. I went to the doctor. Oh, yes. Uh, it was. I literally screamed when I sat in the car because my back hurt so badly to sit. Probably should not have driven there, but I drove myself. I waited over an hour, which was great because uh, sitting or standing or anything like that was pretty painful. And finally, the doctor, who was clearly uh, very overworked and very frazzled, walked in and I sort of explained my thing. And she goes, well, do you want to get an X-ray? And I went, do you think I need an X-ray? And she went, well, do you want an X-ray? And I said, do you think I, I don't know. Do you think I need an x-ray? I hate and this. Then she sort of hap, like sort of meh, kind of gave a 
barely a try, kind of felt my back a little bit, was like, oh, yeah, you have a really tense muscle right there. Like, it feels like a rock. And I'm like, yeah, I can tell. Like, when I lay on my back, I can tell that there is a muscle that is just absolutely, you In know. spasm. Yeah. And she goes, okay, well, do you want an x-ray? <laughs> and I go, well, I mean, I've been waiting for like 90 minutes now, and I have a call in like 30 minutes. Is this a kind of thing that I can do right now? And she goes, no, not really. <laughs> I was like, okay. Can't they give you... Can't they she give prescribed you a- me a bunch of things, like a muscle relaxer and a lidocaine pad and all uh-huh. of that. And um, I never ended up picking any of that up. Can they I give got- you a cortisol injection or anything? No, no. Um, and uh, yeah, so it was it was a waste of time, I would say. But at least I had kind of gotten in my head that there was something massively wrong with me. And at least in the two second cursory feel of my back, it seemed to conform with actual reality instead of me being like i've got a body growing out of my body or whatever i think you need a new doctor well this was urgent care so oh i our doctor system is very good but i was saying to janice i feel like they have changed their business model because you really cannot get in to see your actual doctor in a time frame that has to do with reality being sick you know Like I I, went to make an appointment and with my doctor and the first one was in August, you know, and they've opened a whole bunch of urgent care clinics, which is great if you have a sore throat or something like that. But something that required a little bit more finesse seemed to be outside of the realm of possibility, at least on that day. It's almost like there's a pandemic going on. Almost. Yeah. And some asshole walking in with a bad back is low on the low on the priority scale. No, but that's the thing is that it's not low on the priority scale. Like if you can't funk, you literally couldn't stand up. You were in agony when you're not sleeping, not functioning, not working because of an injury. That's that's a serious matter. That's not it's not it's not frivolous. No. The thing is, uh, the whole system is just so fucked up right now because there's not enough people to deal with the fact that we have this pandemic that goes on and on and on and on and on. But the good news is the next day there was uh, some real improvement. Again, not by any of the things they prescribed because I never actually picked them up. Um, But just from stretching and, you know, taking ibuprofen and all of that kind of thing. And... um. It's been on a steady improvement ever since. And in fact, today, yeah, I didn't sleep with a heating pad last night. I have done everything I needed to do. Uh, I haven't laid on the floor at all. So I think it's basically done. I can still kind of feel it, but it's essentially done, which is great. Because we leave town in less than a week now. And I need to be vertical and moving, Maureen. Wow. I know. Yeah, we leave on Monday, the 20th. We roll out and we're gone for 51 days, which is wild. But Maureen, tell me about you. You went on an adventure this weekend. Uh, Before that, I just want to say that I was also communicating to your son last night. Yeah. Who who was trying to stop you. (laughs) He said, I I have to stop him. Somebody help me stop him. Apparently, you were on a domain 
name buying spree? No, less, a little bit more involved than that. So, oh, there's an there's a video that went around yesterday of a very terrible rock band playing a remarkably bad cover of Journeys Don't Stop Believing. How uh, dare you, sir? I'll hear no, I'll hear nothing bad about it. It was magnificent. It is a rock band. I mean, that feels like maybe giving it more credit than it is, but it was a band uh, comprised of the twin Winklevoss brothers, who you might remember from the movie The Social Network as the people that tried to sue Mark Zuckerberg for uh, copying Facebook from them. They have since many years ago rebranded themselves as uh, crypto investors. Of course they have. They, But they were early in crypto. So they legitimately have billions of dollars worth of Bitcoins, like mm-hmm. probably less now than uh, a week ago. But uh, they are still extremely wealthy. And for some reason, they have formed a band called Mars Junction that seems to be them. And I would assume uh, a band that they paid a lot of money to actually be a band. They are on a small tour, mostly of New York. It seems to be because there's an NFT event happening in New York Mm, right now. Great. And then uh, a couple of stops and then in LA. And the video is, I probably watched it a hundred times yesterday. It's a one minute clip. There's really just, there's 10 seconds that I think I could watch for the rest of my life. Honestly. (laughs) Uh, And I... I admit to becoming a little bit obsessed with it. (laughs) But the domain in question, so there are these weird Ethereum related, which is a cryptocurrency related domains called .eth domains. And I discovered that uh, that MarsJunction.eth was available, which you would think if you were a billionaire crypto bro, this is no on good. tour with the band. You would have locked down your .eth uh, domain space. This is not good. This is not good. I know why your son was worried. And because uh, all cryptocurrencies are tanking right now, and Ethereum was, you know, near the, you know, the a low that it's been in years, uh, it was relatively inexpensive to purchase. Now, cryptocurrency is stupid. And one of the things that makes Ethereum especially stupid is that you have to pay a fee to process something on the Ethereum network. And that fee can vary dramatically. Like in the one hour that I was checking, uh, the cost to buy the domain with the fee associated with it ranged from $20 total to $180 in one hour. That's a big uh, swing. Yeah, and so I just kept refreshing to see if it was ever going to get low enough that I felt like I could buy it, and it never did. The teen was very concerned. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And as I explained to him, I I was hoping for something under 20 bucks. It never quite got under 20 bucks. And I said to him, I've spent far more money than $20 to buy dumb things because it's funny uh, in my time. And did that make him feel better? It didn't really. (laughs) At one point, he he says to Janice, he's like, he just needs to chill. And she was like, have you ever met him before? He has no chill. 
And you were, where were you while this was happening? I was on the floor. Okay. I was on the floor of the living room while they were on the couch. Okay. Mostly just watching that video over and over again. The only way I could reply to that video was with that gif of Jay-Z bouncing his head. Yeah. It felt perfect. But then I went out. You did. So tired, Dan. Morning so tired. Johnson stepping out. I'm so tired all the time and it won't let up. I don't think I've ever been this tired and yeah. been functional. I mean, you have had a month. And I, I'm still having it. Yeah. It's just like I'm up, but I just whenever like people ask, I'm just like, I'm just really tired. I'm just really sleepy. But it's fine. It's just like, it's just one of those times where you're like, yeah. just, just tired. But I had an amazing time. I went to the Cecil County Library uh, Book Fair and it was, says Huvia turned up. First person I saw was standing there in an Amy Carter shoe. Oh, hell yeah. T-shirt. Oh, I thought you were going to say shorts. Nope. <laughs> Stayed only. with me all day. Talking says Huvia. Handing out says Huvia references to the crowd. Man. Hand selling oh. my books. It Boom. was, I forgot what it was like to talk for that long too. Oh yeah. Because I haven't talked for that long in a long time. Yeah. So I must have talked for about five hours. That would take me like five days to recover from five hours of talking at this point. Yeah, it was, I, we, I signed books. Um, came back and my head was just sort of spinning, but it was a really, really good event. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like it. Yeah, it was really good. And you had says Huvia concierge service. I did. Also that library is next level. If you've not been to the Cecil County Northeast branch library, the, the head of the library basically worked super hard in this district to get the money to make this place to build it. Okay. It is a paradise. This library. I love it. it is one of the most beautiful new libraries I've ever seen. It has these beautiful office rooms and business centers and workstations and yeah. filming areas. It has private studies where you can work with electronic with um, whiteboards that you can so you can film, you can do conference calls and Zoom calls, you can do collaborative projects. There's a beautiful quiet room. I didn't even get to the upstairs, which apparently is the where the magic is. There's like a magic, oh, wow. like there's a house for kids, and there's like all this. Like, I, apparently, the upstairs is next level gorgeous, and I only yeah. made it through the downstairs. Um, outside, there's this water feature, this yeah. kind of beautiful babbling brook that they've built that goes alongside. If I would work there every day, yeah, this place is amazing. So if you live in that area, stop by. It is gorgeous. There is nothing better than a well-funded library. Oh, the, and the li head of the library was like, yeah, I've, this, is the, this project has taken 10 years of my life. Yeah. And a bunch of people tried, and she's like, now I have their money and they can't get it back because I got it built. And that's the thing with librarians is they're constantly fighting. Oh, yeah. To get these services built and up and running. Yeah. So, anyway. You took the train there and back? I did. I took the you train were like to Wilmington. Out in the world. I know. I went through jo jo Joseph Biden Station in uh, Wilmington. Wow. Well, 
It was good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that was the, f- no, that's not the first train ride I've done, but this was the first kind of public event that I've done. And it was, wow. yeah, it was wild. Um, I'm still kind of like, uh, I bet. <laughs> but, um, but Dan, Dan, Maureen Johnson, it was a week out there in the world. It has been a week out there in the world. Hot Watergate sure. summer. I have yeah. a pitcher of iced tea. Do not worry. Oh, man. And my advice for your pitcher of iced tea, if you want my advice. Yeah, I do. You take a, I may have said this before, but I really want to reiterate it. You want Lipton tea bags. Don't, for, for, for just normal plain black iced tea, not yeah. herbal mixes, get Lipton. Red Rose maybe. Lipton is the perfect. It has the right blend. It's not too strong. Yeah. You put six of those bags in your average pitcher, cold water. Don't do anything else. Just cold water. Stick that in the fridge overnight. Boom. You take the bags out. You want it sweet. You boil a little water, dissolve the sugar in that. Make a little simple syrup. Pour that in. Juice of one lemon. And if you've got a mint plant, when you fill up your glass with ice and you put your iced tea and you shove a big piece of mint in there, you got summer, baby. Man, that sounds so good. Don't boil it, man. I want that right now. You leave the shit in the in the refrigerator overnight, six tea bags, cold water, leave it in the fridge. It brews better, it's sweeter, it's lighter. There's no bitterness to it. Does mm. a better job. That's Maureen's go tip. Do that right now. To you. It's so much easier. Just put the fucking bags in and leave it in the fridge. Oh, that sounds good. Really clean, clear, very slightly sweet taste. I love it. Yep. I love it. Yeah. Man, I want that right now. I like iced tea a lot. Me too. I am the queen of summer drinks. Anyone that comes over is like, Maureen makes her concoctions. I'm always making concoctions. I made a homemade rhubarb ginger syrup because I got some mm-hmm. rhubarb. I made mm-hmm. a, I make a cardamom lime syrups with ginger. I make um, any, basically any fruit I have left over, I reduce into a syrup. Sweeten it up a little bit. And then what you do is, if you don't have time to use it all, freeze that in a little tiny ice cube. What you do, get a couple of those little ice cubes, you pop it in a glass of seltzer water or iced tea, boom! Suddenly you've got a rhubarb ginger soda. I mean, you gotta wait for it to melt. A little squeeze of lime in there. Just trying to help you out. I love it. Come on over, you guys. I I love a summer drink. I make concoctions. My friend Julie always comes over and goes, whatever weird concoction you've made, give me a glass of it. Thanks for tuning into this week's Maureen's Drink Talk. I want to make, if I had a side hustle that was not about, there, it's not about trying to promote and it's just pure joy. It would be some kind of cooking thing. You know, uh, a woman that I know uh, from here in Chicago, she has a business making syrups, like drink syrups. I coughed on my coffee. <coughs> I love making syrups. Yeah. Now I gotta now I gotta remember the name of that. It's so easy. You basically just boil stuff down and sweeten it. Yeah, it's called Joe Snow Syrups. Yum. And uh they are good. They are good. I think I want to start something called the stupid vegetarian where I just make stuff. And I'm deeply unafraid of failure in the kitchen. So I'm always like, let's go. Let's see. Let's do it. Yeah. I like cooking oh, with trash. Series. I love cooking with trash. What does that? What do you by? What do you mean by that? Um, leftovers. 
Oh, okay. Scraps. Anything yeah. left at the green market at the end of the day where they give you a bag of stuff for a dollar? Yeah. Love that. I uh, I knew a lot of like anarcho punks growing up and the aversion that I have when people are like, well, we'll cook with trash. Right. You mean that literal, literal like trash. dumpster diving, which I, I get grocery stores throw out a bunch of food that is it was like totally the, fine the mansons food. were always like i found this potato salad in the yeah, trash yeah. but i knew a lot of people that would be like look what i got no mine Digging is around more in back a jewel i just like to figure out what to do with stuff like oh they have, there's a bag with a pepper two tomatoes an onion and a carrot yeah it's like your or, own little private iron chef or you know i have four raspberries left what can i do with them that's what I love. Come on over. I also cook too much. What I need to do is set up the Says the Whovia community kitchen where if you're in New York, you just come over for whatever Maureen, weird shit Maureen's laying down tonight. You just need Maureen's food basket that you can like lower down from your apartment. Yeah. I've often thought, I'm like, I should just start making food containers and then just sort of wander the, the neighborhood and be like, do you want this dinner I made? I thought about go. that. Yeah. You could. I could, except the NYPD keeps tearing down encampments and um, well, yeah. people have nowhere to go. So, Yep, that's because the cops are terrible. Uh, our, our wonderful mayor here has decided to decrease school funding to really yeah. ramp up uh, NYPD funding. So I'm feeling great about things right now, Dan. Did you know that your wonderful mayor believes that Manhattan sits on top of mystical crystals? He does. Dan, what? Oh, okay. Dan, what? I can't believe I didn't send you this one. God, God damn it, Dan. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm Stop a, it. I'm not. No, Dan. No, no, no. Get that weird smile off your face. What is right. happening? From the New York Post. Oh, shit. NYC rocks. Mayor Eric Adams says crystals give city, quote, special energy. Uh, Mayor Adams said the Big Apple is littered with unique crystals that give out a special energy. His former officer... And gentlemen, gotta love the New York Post writing, uh, even wears multicolored healing gems on his right wrist. Uh, let's see. Speaking of Politico in the spring, Adam said he discovered NYC's iconic bedrock is comprised of unique gems and minerals and that, quote, there's a special energy that comes from here. The rock center Adams is apparently referring to is the geological layer known as the Manhattan Schist, outcroppings of which can actually be seen in areas such as Central Park. As well as in the basement of Grand Central Terminal, it contains more than 100 minerals, including quartz, kyantite, and dumeritite, and was formed roughly 450 million years ago. A New York-based crystal expert told The Guardian that the mayor who recently declared that, quote, a vibe shift is happening in New York, also appears to wear several types of quartz on his wrist. A quartz is a high-energy crystal, Nancy Soto, an employee at Namaste Crystal Shop near Union Square, told The Post, noting that the minerals are increasingly popular among young people on TikTok. It's a high-vibrational crystal that clears all things, including negativity, Soto added, calling Adam's affinity for the rocks, quote, forward-thinking. There you go. I don't know a lot about rocks, Maureen, but I think uh, most things are built on quartz. I'm not coming out again. 
You I thought you knew that. Why did you do this to me? I just thought you knew. Of course you're I the, didn't you're know. You're the one that brought him up. I didn't know that he was going full crystal bitch. Yeah. What's he going to, is he going to put Gwyneth Paltrow on the city council? Are we going to have official goop days? I also know the Namaste shop on, on Union <laughs> Square. I walk past it all the time. Well, there you go. They Stop burn. In. They're very nice people. They burn huge amounts of incense. Yeah. It's one of those where you, you block away. You're like, <gasps> you know, it's, it's tough to walk past. <laughs> you don't miss it. Well, Dan, yeah, Dan, Maureen, I wasn't, not, I don't want to anymore. I don't want to. Hey, tap into the frequency of the crystals right below you. I can't believe this man. I keep shutting it out of my head that this man is the mayor. Oh, yeah, I would. I, yeah, I would I, have a full on sort of psychotic break around it, that. Honestly, if you ask me who the mayor of New York is right now, I'd be like, I don't know. I don't think we have one. And that wouldn't be a joke. That would just be my my, my mind just going totally blank. Like, I don't think there is one. Oh, I just remembered the article that I sent you. Oh. <laughs> Your mayor appeared at a press conference wearing a Gaiabara. One of those kind of coll collared shirts you see worn in Mexico and the Caribbean a lot. Uh, he says he was asked why he was wearing one. He says it's to show a difference in his approach to the city. And he will sometimes wear traditional clothing of Pakistani, uh, Egyptian, and Asian American Pacific Islander residents. Quote, when I rock their clothing, I say I'm going to rock for you as mayor. I hate how you're smiling right now. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <sighs> the fact, just the glee, you're, you're even trying to hide it, but it's just like, because you're all beard, it's just this little smile <laughs> that comes up. He's so fucking delighted to tell me this stuff. Oh, Maureen, didn't you know that your mayor has gone full D and D and believes that you live on a magic mountain? Yeah. And he's going to wear, he's going to wear the traditional garbs of the people of New York. We are two weeks away from him wearing wizard robes, like full oh, of yeah. stars and a big cloak. And he's got a, like a staff like Gandalf. Well, to let, it's to let the wizards of New York know that he's going to rock for them as mayor. I don't know where I live anymore. <laughs> I live at such a weird place. <laughs> you do. It's so weird. Here. <laughs> it's true. It's, our city's obsolete. Can I go now? <laughs> You can. I keep saying that. Can I go now? You can. Well, Maureen Johnson. What? You made mention of it, but perhaps we should move to the fact that the January 6th committee has started holding hearings in public, having broadcast two so far as of this recording. They were supposed to have had another one come out today. Same day this episode comes out, the 15th of June. But uh, it is delayed because they couldn't get their video e editing done in time. I don't totally understand that, but we'll go with it. Maybe they got new footage or something or... I don't know. It's a little, little funny. It's a anyway, little funny. 
the first night, prime time. Mm. Was it Friday night? Thursday night? It was Thursday night. Thursday night. Yeah. You watched watched with iced tea in hand. Sure as shit I did. I watched. I will admit that I had to miss the first 30 minutes or so. Okay. The kind of opening volley. But then we watched the rest. We were still putting the little one down. Did you eventually see the big video, the big supercut? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they spent clearly a lot of time making that supercut video. And it was, um, which, so if you didn't watch it, they had this video that I think was 12 minutes long or something. And you may have seen it since because they've posted it sort of everywhere online so people can see it. Yeah. And it is very good. First of all, it has a lot of footage that had never been seen before. Right. And second, what they did is everything is timestamped. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. So you could see like sort of minute by minute or time chunk by time chunk. It's all timestamped. Yeah. What was happening where? So you see Trump speaking, what Trump's tweeting. You see some footage from the ground. And then you see the breach. And then you get to see feed from all these different security cams. So it'll yeah. say something like, 115 west you know entrance like southeast entrance or whatever and you see from above it looks like a zombie invasion like you just see people streaming in you just see you just see what's happening and then you see what trump says and you you get word from the ground and you get a narrative they built a, a very strong narrative yeah of what the fuck happened yeah and it was pretty gutting to watch yeah i mean that's the thing that's interesting to me like they 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 hyped it up earlier in the day saying there's a whole bunch of new footage and, you know, there's going to be stuff people have never seen before. And like, I've followed a lot of this really closely, including watching every minute of the impeachment trial where they also put together a big supercut. And there was certainly new stuff. Like there was a lot of footage um, of police body cameras, which was sort of, you know, swapped the POV in a way that was really quite wild because you're suddenly it's your arms that are like holding a thing that people are trying to grab away from you and stuff like that. But I felt like the kind of I I I felt a little bit like maybe they overhyped that there was new stuff because like, yes, there are new angles of people streaming in and that sort of thing. But like it didn't fundamentally change my understanding of the thing. I feel like though, all that said, like most people aren't me, right? Like most people haven't watched all of this stuff. And I feel like a lot of the point of night one was just to remind people just how fucking nuts it all was. I don't, it didn't change it. I just felt that the way they edited it, edited it, it, it's always a hard word to say. Um, and just put it in such tight chronological order. Yeah. It yeah. just, because you saw this happening and this happening. And yeah. it was like, here, we, we've lined it all up and we've timestamped it so you can yeah. see it all happen. And you're like, okay, when you see it lined up, this happens. And just some of those high angle shots yeah, of seeing people stream in from all the different cameras. Totally. It had a different, a definite like zombie movie feel to it. It was like yeah. this camera, this camera, this camera, this camera. And you just see breaches all yeah, over the definitely. place. Well, and I just think like our memory, like... I rem- and and again, I say this as somebody that has seen a lot, including the New York Times, I believe it was about a, six months ago or so, put together a really amazing 45 minute video of the whole thing, too. Like I've watched all of it. And yet 
in my mind, I remember like the dude in the fucking Buffalo sarong or whatever he was wearing, like in the Senate chamber, you know, like it, they're just little flashes. And certainly that sort of like the horde rushing in is, uh, is imagery that I hadn't remembered, you know, and it did feel to me that a big part of what they were trying to do in prime time was just kind of like re-remind people just how horrific this was, you know, and just how complicit the president was. Like the day one, they were clearly putting this right at his feet. You know, it was not, they were not going to play around with that. He said like, here's video of him saying at down the street, go do this. Yeah. And then you see the timestamp of people going and doing it. Yeah, totally. totally. So also they had a, a Capitol police officer talking about basically the fact she is, she's knocked unconscious. Yeah. She's, she gets back up. She continues trying to fight. She gets pepper sprayed in the face. She's slipping on blood. Yeah. I mean, that was, her name was Caroline Edwards. And clearly, you know, part of the point there was to really humanize that plight, you know, like see, see the attacks and then hear from someone that was in the middle of it all, you know, overwhelmed, understaffed, you know, it was, um, that was definitely, um, that was definitely affecting the other part of night one was to sort of establish that it wasn't just sort of a mob that was uh, whipped into a frenzy at that moment, but instead that there were at least elements of the crowd that had pre-planned and met around this. And so that was the other uh, the other witness, which was a British documentary film name, mem- British documentary filmmaker named Nick Quinstead. Uh, who had been shadowing the Proud Boys working on a documentary of some kind or another and uh, had footage of them meeting with members of the uh, Oath Keepers in a D.C. parking garage the night before. Like, they are giving me the Watergate hit that I was looking for with that. Yeah. Thanks for the parking garage. Um, but yeah, it was it was these dummies. <laughs> Not only filmed their crime. I mean, they have lots of footage of like, here I am. Yeah. Criming. They brought a documentary film crew along. Yeah. They brought. They sure did. A documentary film crew. <laughs> now, what he did was, they, yeah. what did they think was going to happen? I, that's a genuine question, Dan. If you are about to invade the Capitol and you bring a documentary film crew along the night before. What do you really think is going to happen? Well, they think they're going to win. What does winning mean? What does winning look like? So one of the things that we learned on Friday was that at least the head of the Proud Boys, if not the head of the Oath Keepers as well, had a document called something like 1776 Returns or something like that that was uh, that documented a series of governmental buildings to hold in DC, if, uh, you know, if it came to it, we also learned, and a lot of this stuff is stuff that had been previously reported as well, but like we did see footage of members of the Oath Keepers loading guns into a hotel in Virginia. Uh, ironically, they held them in Virginia because, uh, the gun laws are more lax there, uh, than in DC proper. So they didn't want to bring guns into DC proper. Uh, they had them close by though, and at the ready if, um, if they, you know, if they needed them, there were apparently the Oath Keepers that had like response teams 
staged and ready. Uh, they thought they were going to take over the United States government, Maureen. And so they had a film crew to and capture that moment. I, I don't want to really press. I really. What does it mean to take over? Just taking the building? Did they think Trump was going to come down with them and they were going to they were absolutely going to overturn the election? And they, that's I mean, what I it think, looks like. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. I mean, I think if you were to ask a bunch of different people, you would get a bunch of different answers. But at the end of the day, I think that most of the people that were involved in the planning uh, at that level thought they were going to succeed. And they came fucking close. They were going to kill Mike Pence. They were going to kill Mike Pence. <laughs> They were going to kill that guy. Yeah, they were. The documentary film crew dude was a little weird. He was weird. He didn't want to be there. Yeah, he didn't want to be there. His his testimony was less than compelling. At one point, he kind of mentioned how he was surprised at how many people were in D.C. on the 5th. And he was surprised by that because they couldn't get into a very good hotel kind of complained about the hotel. He also mentioned after he videotaped the Proud Boys marching around the Capitol prior to the actual invasion, they stopped for tacos. Like he was uh he seemed he seemed less excited about being there than Yeah, he's he's like I was compelled to be here. Yeah, by subpoena. He he mentioned. All right. That was night 1. How does night 2 go down? So Day wasn't two. it night that would be day. the first thing. So I think it's worth pointing out. Night one, I think, surprised people at how compelling it was, uh, especially that kind of opening video that they put together. A lot of people were like, oh, I didn't realize I was tuning into like a multi-part true crime series. Let's yeah, do it had this. That, it had that feel. Yeah. Um, and it turned out 20 million people watched to... Put that in perspective, that's a million more people than watched the finale of Game of Thrones. Um, that is a remarkably large number of people to tune into a hearing on a that's Thursday a lot, night. That's a lot of people. Um, and so to follow that up, they scheduled uh, this week's hearings all during the day. Uh, Monday, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. Um, did you watch day two? I heard some of day two because I was working, but while I walked the dog, I was able to yeah. listen to it as I was walking. Yeah. So I um, I did not watch, but I listened to the whole thing. I was busy cleaning the basement, but I heard the whole thing. Um, the focus on day two seemed to be about largely demonstrating just how many times Donald Trump was told by people in his orbit and close to him in his orbit how many times he was told that the lie that the uh, election had been stolen from him was, in fact, a lie. Um, the marquee witness uh, was supposed to be Bill Stepien, the campaign manager for Trump, um, who was actively the campaign manager at the at the time of the election. Um but they announced that they had to start 30 minutes late and that Stepien wasn't going to show up because his wife was in labor which uh, is a hell of a coincidence, but I'm sure it was true. Um, so they relied on video that they had of him from his previous deposition. I think that's the other thing that's worth noting is like just how much they have done 
thousand, I believe a thousand interviews up to now. And all of that is over Zoom or otherwise videotaped. And so they have relied a lot on um, that, including on Friday night, they had Ivanka saying that she talked with Bill Barr. And once she talked with Bill Barr, she realized that they had not won the election. Uh, they had Jared uh, when asked if he was concerned that the entire White House council was threatening to quit over the uh, election bullshit. Uh, Jared goes, I just kind of thought that was uh, just a lot of whining. Can I just say that Ivanka was contoured for Jesus. She had so much makeup and contouring on that the sides of her face, it was like they vanished into a cave. It was just like she was peering just the center of her face out of a cave. And she had about 25 soft focus filters on Zoom. Yeah, She doesn't look real at all. She looks like a cartoon. The number of Zoom filters was really something. Oof. I mean, genuinely, it, her, she was... Yeah, she the was, only like the only over zoom filtered person that was more zoom filtered than her was that lawyer who showed up as a cat on zoom back in the beginning of the pandemic. She had a lot of filters on a lot of makeup. Like, it was like it was a Instagram filter had come to life. Mm. And both Ivanka and Jared just look so petulant and. Oh yeah. Jared, especially dirty. Yeah. Just like such I, little fucking scumbags. Yeah. Oh, little, yeah. Jared little, really came off just like a little piece of shit. I went but, uh, in that. They were so they were being so annoying and whiny. Yeah. But yeah. So um, so Monday was a lot of footage of Bill Stepien talking about how he, um, you know, how he was telling the president that they hadn't won. And here's why they also had the guy that ran the election coverage, like the election data for Fox News, which if you remember way back, Fox called Arizona way before anyone else. And in fact, announced that Biden had won the presidency before other people had as well. Um, and it, th that was that guy. He was kind of awesome because <laughs> he basically like they were like, why did you call Arizona before anyone else? And he was like, because we had the best people in the business and we knew what we were doing. <laughs> it was like, wow, OK, I'll give you that. Um, he was very smug. Oh, super smug. And you know what? Rightfully so. Why not? Yeah. I mean, they were right. Yeah. Like they were right. They were, they were right against a whole lot of headwinds and, uh, and they stuck with it. So, um, yeah. And then there was a lot of footage on Monday of Bill Barr who said bullshit a lot. Yeah. Who seemed to absolutely think Trump was a dipshit. Oh yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. It's like the, the short version of Bill Barr was this fucking guy. What a dummy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this idiot. In addition, yesterday, the committee focused on the grift involved in keeping the election myth alive. They sort of basically said the big lie was really about a big grift. The Trump campaign raised over $250 million between the time the election ended and January 6th. Their final fundraising email they sent out was 30 minutes before the Capitol was breached. Uh, they kept claiming that it was for an election defense fund that apparently didn't exist. Instead, it went to a bunch of various PACs, Trump hotels, uh, and who knows where else. We do know that Dojo's fiance, Kim Gillifoyle, 
who introduced Dojo on January 6th at the Ellipse. Her, her introduction lasted all of two and a half minutes. She was paid $60,000. Sweet. It's a good rate. Yeah, it's a good gig. Um, so that was interesting. But Maureen, for says who... The main revolution revelation. It's a Dan. It is a revolution. It has a revolutionary feel to it. From Monday. Glasses up, everybody. Was that both Stepien and Trump campaign aide Jason Miller said that on election night, Rudy Giuliani was drunk off his ass (laughs) spouting conspiracy theories and pledging to fight. And that while they advised the president against it, he saw a absolutely shit-faced Rudy and said, that's my guy. They, this, so much of this the Monday, from what I heard, I was real patchy because again, it was, yeah. you know, it was a work day. I couldn't hear the whole thing. It was Bill Barr talking about what a dipshit Trump was. Yeah. And how every single person, it was just like, was it a fraud? No, 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 nope. Nope, 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 nope. Also, Rudy, fucking wasted, just ripped. (laughs) 15 sheets to the wind the whole time, slurring his words and farting and (laughs) fly down, bumping into walls. Ah, fight him. Ah, let me at him. I'll go. I mean, the interesting thing to me, and it's funny because I would not remember the name of this book, but last year... You and I both read the quickly produced post-election Trump books. I yes. read Landslide by Michael Wolf, And in fact, we talked about them when I was baking in a car in Iowa City. Did I read that one too? No, you read a different one. I, I read the other one. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and the only reason I remember the name of it is because I was just doing some cleaning and I found it uh, next to my bed and I put it in our little library. And that was the same day that this came up. And in that book, there is detail of Rudy on election night, drunk off his ass. Um, I believe they were everyone was trying to keep him away from the president because he was drunk and he was fucking spouting conspiracy (laughs) theories. But he ended up getting there. Um, And I do feel like there is sort of an interesting little side quest in all of these hearings where if you've read enough of these books, uh, all of which were, you know, essentially anonymously sourced, even though you could kind of guess who people were talking to. Uh, you get to finally get a real clear thing. Like, obviously, Stepien and Miller were sources for Wolf on this. But Maureen, today Rudy took to Twitter <laughs> to tweet out, I am disgusted and outraged at the outright lie by Jason Miller and Bill Stepien. It's worth pointing out that he misspells outright and misspells Stepien's last yeah. name there. I was upset that they were not prepared for the massive cheating as well as other lawyers around the president. I refused, all caps, all alcohol that evening. My favorite drink, dot, 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 Diet Pepsi. Okay. That is, um, he's drunk I, now. He's drunk now yeah. if he t- Yes, well, that was that was nine nine thirty in the morning. He tweeted that. Yeah, that was nine thirty this morning, twelve twenty nine. Literally one minute before we started recording, Maureen Zachary Patrizio, the Daily Beast reporter who is on the uh, U.S. Patriot convoy beat, 
tweeted out, Rudy Giuliani has deleted his tweets denying Jason Miller's claim that he was drunk on election night. <laughs> that was exactly one hour ago. So I want to see if he yeah, deleted just... them because somebody pointed out that he had misspelled things or if he had deleted them because they deleted them. Rudy drunk, Rudy, let's see, it's the latest. So he now has a hit piece on Bill Stepien up. He retweeted a, a white tiger from wild animals with the subject line. What a beauty. See here. Uh, he's thanking Greg Kelly retweet from Andrew Giuliani. Another retweet. Just a tiger. Yeah, Hmm. it's just a tiger. What a beauty. Uh, Another retweet from someone uh, with a hit piece on Jason Miller, who mind you is a real piece of shit. Uh, yeah, it looks like he truly did delete them. They aren't there. A lot of retweeting happening. Also, uh, he retreated, yeah, Andrew Giuliani's tweet, as governor, I will make New York the best fracking state. Perfect. So, um. So he really did. He tweeted it and deleted it. He did. I love it. I mean, he's also updated his profile photo to an old fo- He Is he dating? Is that a dating photo? I hope so. I hope so. I hope whatever, whatever lucky, likely young thing. What a, what a, what a bag of joy that's got to be. So Maureen, that is so far the roundup of the January 6th hearings. It's going to be increasingly difficult for me to follow them because I will be on the road. Uh, I uh, guess it's going to be up to me. I I mean, I do feel like it's the kind of thing that we can probably pick it up in the various highlights and coverage that it's going to get. Why they had to delay today's is a little bit mysterious, but uh, we'll see. Donald Trump did issue today a 12-page refutation of sorts of the committee so far. It included footnotes. It was clearly not written by him. Most of the footnotes were timestamps to uh, Dinesh D'Souza's video, so it could well have been written by him at this point. Maybe the pillow guy. Who knows? But uh, but it's all happening, Maureen. Get that iced tea iced up. In a small UK update, Dan. Please. Now, a lot of this stuff that's happening in the UK now is... If you're not from the UK, it's going to sound real insider baseball, but the like the top level of some of the things that are going on. Part of the Brexit deal was something called the Northern Iron Pro, excuse me, Nor- Northern Ireland Protocol Bill, not the Northern Northern Iron Protocol Bill. Yeah. Um, which um, is one of the agreements that kind of establishes Brexit, and it's it's a complicated piece of legislation about you know. For goods moving through Ireland and uh, the UK has just decided to just violate it. <laughs> they wrote it, they agreed to it and they're just like, ah, we're just gonna work. We're, we're just not going to do it. So now um, they uh, are just breaking international law basically. Um, and uh, as Perfect. a senior, what as could go wrong yesterday, a senior UK of, of EU official has remarked that without any doubt, this is the lowest moment 
in the UK and EU's post-Brexit relationship. It is expected that on Wednesday, they will announce new legal action against the UK and assume resume pause proceedings over the Northern Ireland Protocol. So basically, they made this part of Brexit, which is one of the trickiest parts, and then they just fucking just decided not to follow the law. Perfect. Because that's what they do there now. I mean, that is consistent with everything else that Boris Johnson did in the last few years. Make a law, don't follow it. Scotland has had it. So Nicola Sturgeon, the prime minister, first minister of Scotland, uh, says she's planning on holding a referendum in on Scottish independence again, probably next year. Bring it. Bring it. Yep. I was fantasizing the other day, Maureen, that sanity would return to UK. And we and could go there. Rejoin the EU. There's a lot of really tough. But I know that's a long way away. Going. I just between all the law breaking, the mess, the heavy duty turf movement. Yeah. It's tough right now. It's tough. It is. So. It is. It's tough all over, but don't worry. When we establish our our compound, you know, it'll be a safe place for everybody to come. Everyone welcome. Yep. Says who is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon, where every Sunday, most every Sunday, almost every Sunday, you get a whole nother bonus episode of says who. If you give it the 5 or $10 a month level. Maureen, I see your hand is up. I have a question. Yes. What does Rudy drink? Anything. Do, do, but, I mean, what do you think his go-to is? Uh, I mean, I would guess he is like a expensive scotch man mm. that, you d- that he doesn't drink in a manner that one would normally drink expensive scotch. He's doing like body shots of, you know, Scotch and Capri Sun. year old. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'll have a scotch in you, who? Yeah, just, you know, just give me a scotch and high C. I love it that way. Can you put that into a mudslide? Mmm. <laughs> mmm, that would be good. Anyway. Our theme music is performed by Ted Leo. Our logo is designed by Darth. You can contact us at Says Who Podcast on Twitter. You can email at hey, that's H-E-Y, says who podcast.com. You can join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash says whovians. Our Facebook group, which is really full of wonderful people, is moderated by Janice Dillard. There's also the fan-run Discord server at tinyurl.com slash says who Discord. And wherever you listen and whatever you do, Spread the word, subscribe. Please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And you can join us next week, but not next Wednesday. It's going to have to be next Thursday. I am hitting the road. And suddenly, things are going to get a little weird, says Uvia, timing-wise. I sent Maureen a very complicated email yesterday, (laughs) outlining all of my various availabilities and not availabilities. And we will sort it out. We will sort that out. But you will see us when you see us, in this case, next Thursday, June 23rd, for our next episode from my basement for now in Chicago. I'm Dan Sinker. And from my apartment here in New York where I'm sticking it out, I'm Maureen Johnson. And this has been Says Who. Bong. Bong. 
Bong. Bong.